The following episode features discussions that may not be appropriate for young listeners. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hi guys, and welcome to Those Bald Chicks, your favorite alopecia podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen, and I'm here with Paige and Amanda. On this episode, we are going to be interviewing the one and only Christy Valdeseri. You probably know her as being the first alopecia sports illustrated model, and she also runs an alopecia group called The Bald Tourage. Welcome, Christy. Hi, Christy. Hey, guys. <laughs> I love looking on the screen and seeing three women that look like me. It's great. Oh yeah. And and alternatively, we love looking at the screen and seeing somebody representing us. It's we love it. Love it. Yes. Love it. Energy is just so so infectious. Like I remember the first time I was meeting her and I was like, holy shit, this girl's awesome. Like <laughs> yes. I just feel yes. all of her energy coming through my screen. Yeah. Pumped yeah. me up. For sure. Right. So Christy. Right. Tell us about your journey with alopecia. Totally. I grew up outside Philly, Pennsylvania. I had hair my whole life for the first 23 years. I went to Penn State like my girl Amanda. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) I was in a sorority. I had blonde hair. I was dating an athlete. At the time, it felt like I had it all. And then I, three weeks after graduating, I found like a tiny bald patch on the top of my head. And I, I'm sure like you guys can relate to, I was like, no way this is happening to me. It's probably from the sun or putting my hair in a too tight of a ponytail. Like this is nothing. It's going to go away. I was like, so in denial. Um, and then as time went on that summer, it continued to fall out. And you guys know that my showers were the absolute worst part of my day. I'm just like seeing chunks and chunks and chunks of hair come out. And I had just graduated college and I was like going into my professional career as a dancer. Just so you know, 90% of dancing is about what you look like. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. In the entertainment industry. So, and my look was being taken away from me. So it was um, a lot of emotions, a lot of anger and hopelessness, but I also in the beginning was like this, there's no way I'm going to go completely bald. There's no way it's just, a little thing that's going to happen and then it's going to grow in. And I got, you know, steroid injections, did the whole shebang that whole summer, just trying to figure it out while I am like breaking up with my boyfriend at the time, while I'm moving cities to New York, while I'm starting my dance career, I was just trying to swim and keep my head above water. Sure. Yeah. And then I was finally single. I booked my dream job on a cruise ship, everything, all the stars seemed to be aligning. And so my, it was my first job out of college. I was a dance major. I booked this job on a cruise as a dancer for eight months, traveling, getting paid, doing what I love cloud nine. The bet I was like, absolutely ecstatic. And then within six weeks, they fired me because Ugh. I stood out and drew oh. attention. And wow. the only thing that like, I can really relate it to is my hair loss. I had right. patched all over my head and I was wearing hats and trying to cover it up so I was fired and then in three weeks from that trauma my hair was gone I was completely wow. bald in Yikes. three weeks yeah that's, yeah and then that's I 
yeah, like what the hell is alopecia? Will we ask? <laughs> yeah, right. no, I, I like, don't think we it? will. Yeah, what is it? Where does it come from? <laughs> why does it happen? Why, yeah. why? why does it happen? The biggest question. Why? why? That sounds like yeah. the beginning of a 2020 episode. What is it? Where does it come from? <laughs> why is it there? <laughs> how the hell do you stop it? It's exactly right. Oh, it's and it's crazy because like me personally, I lost all of my hair in eight months. So wow. it was yeah. So it was very quick. Like you said, I had like real long, thick, curly, like the Italian hair, and it was just gone. You said like the showers are worst enemy and you're so right because that's exactly what it was. It was a nightmare. That's what I tell people. This phase of your hair falling out and these showers and the clumps and the crying yourself to sleep, like that's the worst part of it. It's only going to get better if you shave it, if you lose it all. The falling out is the worst part. Absolutely. Because with each and every hair, you just feel like more and more of you is like disappearing and it's just so heartbreaking. But like once you can actually come to terms, you just see it falling and falling and there's nothing you can do. And you're not in physical pain, but you're in extreme mental pain. Like you're extremely emotional. It's severe pain that you don't physically feel. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because for, you know, alopecia or not alopecia, autoimmune disease month. And I don't like to call them diseases. I say disorders because it's not a disease. I mean, that's how I see mine, but you know, it focused on a lot of other, you know, more intense disorders. And I know alopecia, you're not in physical pain, but man, do we go through the mental pain? Yeah. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. more people should talk about like, oh, it's just hair. People love to say that, but it's m- so much more than that. It feels like your life is crumbling down. Oh yeah. It, and even like, once you're at a, a place, it seems like you three are and me as well, like more comfortable and accepting of it. Mm-hmm. It still runs so deep. Like it's not just I'm okay with it now. Like the emotions are just, there's oh, just yeah. so many. It's just so deep. It's, it's way more than hair. Absolutely. And it feels like some days it feels like, wow, I'm really going to be navigating these emotions and these feelings forever. You know, Yep. Really some days is. I can't look in the mirror when I, oh, yeah. so. or, or something on my head. Like yeah. even if it's just if a head wrap or something, it's just bad days. Um, it feels good that we all can like sit here and relate to that. And everyone listening who has alopecia can relate to that as well. You're, we're not alone in feeling that we, we don't want to look in the mirror one day. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy. The amount of, I mean, personally, I, it's, it's crazy to me that the amount of messages that we've received on our Instagram, like, thank you guys so much for doing this. I never thought anybody would understand me and people and people in our group and the naked confidence campaign say, I love this episode because I thought I was alone in feeling like this, or I thought that I was the only one. So for me, that's what does it. And it helps people understand too. Cause you know, I can explain to my mom until I'm blue in the face about how I feel, but she doesn't get it. She gets it, but she doesn't get it because she's not in my shoes. So same thing. You're right. You can explain it forever to someone, mm -hmm. but you're never, or you could see me day in and day out, but you don't understand it because you don't have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even with like, I I kind of put social media into it too. I'm very open about it on social media and I'm happy Mm -hmm. and I post pictures all the times, but I make sure that I say, Hey, today wasn't a good day. I woke up and I didn't recognize myself today because I don't want to show only the good stuff. I want to say, Hey, I still have bad days, even though I'm way better off now than I was when I first got alopecia. I still wake up and look myself in the mirror and go, Oh, okay. This is what my life is. This and then I'll, I'll keep going. Yeah. yeah. 
that's a good point to acknowledge, especially on social media. If, if I feel the same, I show that I embrace it and stuff. And some days I'm like, not it today. I just want to drop <laughs> this today. off the park and not yes. pick it up. And we can't. It's exactly. just the thing that we have to deal with day in and day out. Yeah. Especially even for somebody like you, Christy, that is, that's your job. You're a model. You are in front of camera. So I can't even imagine how you feel too. Cause like, I mean, everyone's public on social media to an extent, but you more than us are really out there. So that's kind of nice to hear that, you know, it's not just like the little people, if you will, it's right. everybody deals that's with a, it. That's a good point. I just, the other day I had to do all these like self tapes for these auditions, different stuff. And in my room, set up the lighting, doing these pictures, these videos, all this stuff. And I'm just like, looking back, like have to submit them. And I'm like, I don't even like the way I, I feel or I look. I like hate that I have to spend my day doing taking pictures and videos of myself and constantly like can I just some days I'm like, can I just put on a wig and sit in an office and not have yes. to constantly address it? You know? Absolutely. But it is right. a good reminder that if we can be vulnerable, like you were just saying, um, uh, Amanda, that when people message you that it's really helps them, like when we can be vulnerable. I swear vulnerability can change someone else's life. Like yes. absolutely. it's actually yes. strength and like can actually alter how somebody feels about themselves. Yeah. hundred percent. Paige actually went out in the public just like a week ago without anything on her head. And I thought that was awesome. So I actually drove out in public today with just a beanie on, which yes. was a huge step for me. I went into I my it. massage therapist and she was like, no wig. And I was like, nope, not today. Yes. I love it. Yeah. And it's baby steps. It's a good reminder for people that want to go out, but like, it's not like when you share your story or you open up, you're just like fine with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's going into the mailbox without a wig. Yes. It's driving in the car without a wig. Like those mm -hmm. little things are, are just getting you one step closer to being more comfortable with it. Absolutely. Right. That's exactly I, what it is. With, with how mine started is I started to go on my front and back porch without a wig or anything on. So I was like, if anybody can see me, my neighbors see me, and that's my first step. And then the second I did that, I was like, oh, I kind of want to go to the next stage. And the next stage, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was terrified when I went out in public. Sure. I was sitting in the car laughing hysterically because I was, <laughs> I was, I was like, holy crap, I'm really about to show strangers my head, my, I'm just going to be bare and walk around. And yeah, it was, it was a hell of a step. Even though they're baby steps, they're still big steps. You Absolutely. know, baby tap steps don't have to be little. They don't have to be, yeah. you know, intim not intimidating. They are still intimidating. Yeah. Like I've been going out and about for, I've had it for five years. I've been going out and about for probably two or three without it. And it's actually kind of funny because now with COVID having to wear masks everywhere, some stores aren't really good about keeping you six feet apart or just people just don't pay attention. So when I don't wear it, they're like, oh no, stay away from the sick girl. And I'm like, uh, not sick, but yes, stay away from me. We're in a <laughs> pandemic. Please go away. Right. I know it's so true nowadays. Like when I go out with a mask and no wig, I'm like, oh, I just don't feel my best. I want to be able to, or if I have glasses on and a mask, I'm like, the only thing anyone's seeing is my mask. <laughs> exactly. I thought, I thought that too with the, the first time I went out. I was like, man, I wish we didn't have to wear masks during this because I would at least like them to see my face. Right. So it was yes. just this. And I'm like, hey, trying to show you that I'm smiling and happy, but right. and you have eyes. Right. And the only thing that you're seeing is the head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then and then on the other side, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but when I wear wigs, I'm like, 
trying to like finagle it around the wig. Yes. And yes. mask around the wig. I can't put sunglasses, a mask, and a wig all behind my ear. Like I only have right. so much face back there. It's so much right. stuff you have you're to gonna, put on. You gotta get one of those masks that like ties around the back or something so you're not yes. focused. That's a lot on your ears. That's so right? funny. That's yeah. actually hilarious because I just went to the nail salon this morning and I was wearing a mask glasses and my wig and I don't know why I did it because right. I was miserable I'm sitting there like why did I do this <laughs> yeah. I, I have a question so um I don't know how long you've been modeling but when did you want to be a model where you felt very comfortable being bald as a model yeah what were the steps you took for that yeah so right after I was fired from that job I I glued on a wig straight up glued it on like slept showered worked out everything in this wig and flew to LA from Philly and was like, I'm not letting this dictate my life. I'm pursuing my career under this wig. I hid for like a year, didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure you guys can relate because you uh, you guys wore wigs without telling people first. Right. Um, I would go out in public and felt like I was being perceived as this bubbly, happy, have it all blonde girl. And then I would come home and be so sad and upset and take my wig off and hate the way I looked. And I was like, there's this too big of a gap between how I'm being perceived and how I actually feel. I want people to know there's more to me than just this happy blonde girl that I was giving off. So I got to the point that I was like, I have to share this, my story. I feel like if I release this weight, I could heal myself in a sense. So to answer your question, I first opened up about my story and my hair was growing in. And it really started with Sports Illustrated, my, my modeling. I saw an open casting and I was like, no way. I can't do that until my hair is fully back. I had patches. It was growing, growing. I was taking pro- progress pics. I was hyping it up, putting way too much of my energy and emphasis on the hair regrowth. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm not doing that until my hair grows in, submitting for the SI. I'm waiting. And then my hair fell out again. We love that. We love a regrowth. Yep. Yes. Oh, yes. And that roller was the hardest. Yeah. Roller coaster. The, the highs are high and the lows are extremely low. And yep. for two weeks, I hid in my room, balled my eyes out. And I was like, that's it. I'm shaving my head. And then the following month, I dragged my friend to the beach. I made the SI video, submitted it. And then from there, I didn't think twice. I, I just wanted to push for it. And then I ended up getting, working with SI as the first bald model. And now I just feel like, why should I have to wear a wig to fit the standards? Or like, I'll I'll wear a wig in my personal life and on my Instagram. And when I need it that day, but in my career, I feel strongly about pushing my message and working as a bald model to break the standards and to show all my little girls and to show other women in the world when they see billboards and they see commercials and they see movies and TV and models and everything that you are amazing and perfect and beautiful and enough and worthy exactly as you are, because that's what we need representation or the whole emphasis around um, women being bald is it's never going to be accepted if we don't have representation. So I feel like if I have this little platform, I'm, I should do that. Yeah. And I've noticed probably the past five years. So I've had it about six or seven and more and more women are coming out with alopecia with with their bald heads. Ayanna, Ayanna Presley is a perfect example. She's in politics and she decided to be like, you know what? This is who I am. So seeing that in every part of life too, I feel like that's so impressive. I wish I had something like that when I first got diagnosed many years ago, but now mm-hmm. seeing it 
just blossom all over the place. And on Instagram too, I swear, most of the people I follow are people with alopecia. (laughs) Just just because I love seeing their lives. I love seeing them blossom with it. I love them going out and taking pictures and, and just talking about their everyday life with it. And I feel like it's so important to be honest and true when you have started accepting it. So when you start accepting it and you start posting about it, you are just another person, a part of the solution that will get people to be like, wow, look at all of these women just living their best lives while being bald or balding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, personally, I can't tell you how much it felt to see you as an SI model. Like I finally have representation even though I would never get to that point personally, but it was something that I was still struggling with to an extent. Like we said before, we all struggle with it still, but just, there was something missing. There was two things missing. One was the naked confidence campaign and like my, now my new family. And then seeing that it was like, holy shit, we did it. And it's crazy to think about. I felt so good about it because I'm like, okay, this makes me feel so much better. I love to hear that it really affected you like that because I, I work with these moms um, with their kids who have alopecia yeah. and they're talking about, I'm so nervous for her to start a new school, or I'm so nervous. She's in kindergarten and, and we're going back for the first time next month with co- because of COVID. And I'm so nervous, scared, blah, blah, of the comments. And I'm just sitting here. Like the only way it's ever going to change is if we have representation or yes. these kids and these moms are still going to have so much anxiety and stress and worry over these kids going to school because these other kids have never seen it. So the only way that it's going to be fully accepted is if we get more representation and everybody takes emphasis off of looks and more on who people are. Yeah, exactly. And I like, for me, I feel like the first big breakthrough, because I'm not skinny, the girls know that I'm not small, but for me, Ashley Graham was a huge, oh, okay. I know there have been others, but for me, that was, oh, all right. And then you, I'm like, this is crazy. I feel so good because it's finally like starting slow moving train, but it's starting to you know, actually be okay. Yeah. yeah. It's starting to look normal. Yeah. I feel like actual normal and when not, I th- <laughs> not yeah. photo shoot normal, actually normal. That's yeah. the other thing that they're always saying, like a lot of brands are like, let's, we're all inclusive. We're all inclusive or we want diverse looks. And I'm like, can it not like be so much emphasis that you're being inclusive by having a bald girl or a, or a curvy girl? Like, can it just be the norm? Does it can it just be normal to- people? Right. Yeah. We yeah. Have to put the emphasis that it's inclusive or like we have a diverse cast. No, we're just all people. Like, this like- is just people. Yeah. And, and that's actually one reason I think I've talked about this with the girls before, but like American Eagles brand Airy is one of my favorite brands because they have models with Down syndrome, with colostomy bags, with all like in wheelchairs. And I'm like, this is what all inclusive means. This is inclusive. Absolutely. You know, like you said, it's not just the curvy girls and the bald girls. It's everybody. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Just, just to be the normal. The yes. And I, I just remember growing up seeing that, oh, you have to look a certain way, be a certain way. You got to yep. be this weight, that. And I feel like we're making progress. There's a lot to go. We got to change a lot, but I feel like over the years, over the almost 30 years that I've been on this earth, it's changed a lot. And I think that's really <laughs> important to see. We have so much more to do. I yes. feel like there's just so much more to do, but I love seeing so much change in yes. the last 30 years. It's impressive. It's, it's lovely. It's very heartwarming. Exciting. Well, I know you guys know, but I've 
like, you know, I spent 19 years of my life thinking I was like the, you know, rare case of alopecia. And then I started looking and it was like, holy crap, there is a lot of representation out there. And, you know, these girls are saying, Chrissy, when I saw you in Sports Illustrated bald, I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Like somebody is like me. Oh my God. It's just a wonderful feeling for the baldies that are hiding that nobody knows about that we can finally find someone to talk to. That makes me feel really good to hear because I just was going, pushing for it, of course, for the the, uh, alopecia world, but for myself to like feel okay and have a little bit of validation, just continue to push myself because I didn't want to let it um, losing my hair stop me from really my dream and my love for dance and modeling and having a voice. And so it feels really good to hear that you guys actually felt affected by that. And I feel the same when I see you know, different models like Savage Fenty, their whole show is all different looks. And like, I feel so heard when I see women with shaved heads, you know, and it just needs to be happening more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. Now, Kristen talked a little bit earlier about the Baltarage, but tell us some more about the Baltarage. Oh, yes. Yes. So the Baltarage is a community of women, girls, mothers with daughters, all who have hair loss. And I started it because I felt like we've all said alone. No one understood me. I felt like I needed to create a a community that I could lean on because my friends, family, parents can't, can't, don't get it. Sure. Yeah. To an extent, like you were saying, Amanda, you could say it, explain it till you're blue in the face. But I just felt like I wanted women in my age range, kids. I, I've always worked with kids, moms, like always just be around people who get it. And I also think about like when I first had alopecia, when I it's first started, I remember feeling weird. And like, I went to this like alopecia event and everybody was bald. And I was like, this is not me. I, I, I was resistant. I don't want to accept it. I'm resistant no, I'm just going to wear a wig. Like that's how I felt in the beginning. And now that I've created Baltarage, wow, people are, who have alopecia are so dope and cool. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I could just in the beginning have just like sat into it more and been more open. I was very resistant. So it's taught me a lot about people, about alopecia, about myself, about differences, about empathy. And so, yeah, the Baltarage we host different events every month. I teach twice a week to little, little girlies, sometimes little boys too. dance classes. We have wine nights for women, women from any age, like 21 to 65 sometimes. And then I host like mama meetups. I just had one last week where it's just a bunch of moms on the screen and they all just talk about stuff that I necessarily can't relate to, can't necessarily relate to because I'm someone, an adult with alopecia, not a mom with a child with alopecia, but I love to, I learned so much from them and it really helps them just like at our wine nights, Kristen, when we can talk to people and like other women and we're like, wow, you actually get it. Like, wow, you've actually had a shitty date or wow, you've actually gone to the grocery store and someone made a comment and this is how you responded. (laughs) Or like you actually woke up and covered your mirrors because you couldn't look at yourself. You actually get it. So the Baltarage, the whole message behind Baltarage is redefining bald as bold because for so long I spent so much of my time and energy trying to fix this and change this and stop this from happening and now I'm like screw that it's time to embrace it because it's too much emotional roller coaster up and downs um yep. so Baltarage we own it we're we're embracing it 
and trying to find ways to love it rather than want to fix it and change it. Yep. I think that's so important too, because obviously there's no cure. And I think it's important to say with all of the treatments and quotes that you can get, you do more harm than good. Like the side effects of the certain treatments can be way worse than you just losing your hair. So I think it's so important to, especially with the younger, with the youth, (laughs) the youths, (laughs) the youth, um, (laughs) it's important for them to realize that it's not all about looks and you don't have to search for that specific look because this is your look and you should own this look. You shouldn't search for a different one because then that's just going right back into society's definition of beauty. So I think it's really important to know that this is your look. You should own this one. Wow. That's a quotable page. I love that. Like you're right. (laughs) These kids should, shouldn't be searching to find another look. They should own and love their own look but that's the thing a lot of these kids are growing up being taught alopecia is the best i love alopecia i'm so grateful for alopecia i love i love my look i'm beautiful i'm bold i'm bald and then to see like you guys i'm sure have seen like the bald pranks and different stuff going on yes absolutely i want to protect these girlies because this is what they believe and they're being taught to love it so how could that be corrupt by just going on the internet and seeing something that could really how absolutely like all of that progress all of the videos all of the meetings everything that people are doing on social media there was so much progress and then and it's crazy because these just came out of nowhere too yeah it was and I just remember sitting there and going what why is this a new thing like out of all the years that this could have been a thing like it's now and in my head this is my own head but I've really started to own my alopecia and I have all most of my friends are people with alopecia and now my social media is all about alopecia so it's funny that during this part of my journey where I'm like hell yeah my acceptance is getting so much better then that happens and I'm sitting there like what (laughs) slaps you back like 10 steps exactly like oh man is this okay Right. And imagine being like a little 10 year old girl who's so impressionable and like, doesn't know why this is happening or anything really about herself yet. And then could potentially see that it's, it's just for clout and views and and all that nonsense. And it's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's crazy to me to think about too, because, you know, Paige and I are really new to this, you know, within the past. I mean, just like you, Christy, like we're all pretty new to it. Kristen's had it for 19 years. (laughs) Like she's had it for hidden. Hidden, but but Hidden. still, but yeah. you still dealt with it for almost two decades. I have dealt with it for like half a decade, and I'm like, I don't know how people do this for their entire lives. Like, right. I don't know how it feels to be a nine year old and lose all your hair. It's crazy to me to think about exactly. that. That so I'm so glad that you have the group to talk to to the moms and say like it's okay, like it is gonna be fine, like I promise. And sometimes I feel, I think Paige and I have felt this way too in our group, the Naked Confidence campaign we have members that are 13, 14, 15 years old that are in the end of middle school, into high school, losing their hair, getting bullied. I feel like sometimes I don't have any business to tell them how to feel because I wasn't in their shoes. Like I wasn't in their shoes. Like, you know, I can tell them, you know, don't worry about it till they're blue in the face. So I'm blue in the face because I didn't live that through part of that in my life. I mean, I just think when I got it, I was in my mid twenties and I just didn't care. Like right. I cared, but like now I just don't care. And that's why I'm to tell that to people. I was going to say, that's why it's so important to have a lot of people other than mm-hmm. adults with alopecia too, because 
sure, we, we are adults and we know how to support and say the right things and the right avenues, but I feel like it's really important for people the same age to also talk. Because they will understand what they're going through and they can private message each other and talk about all their worries and everything. I think it's just important to have every stage of alopecia in the group Yeah, because you can see it's so impressive to hear everybody's different take on alopecia. I was eight when I got it. I was 30 when I got it. I, you know, I got it. And then all my hair grew back. There's so many different aspects and parts of alopecia that I never knew before I, I met the support group. So it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I love comparing notes like, Oh, did you guys lose your hair? Or, you know, I, I started like my eyelashes first and then my eyebrows first or whatever it was. So I kind of love comparing notes. I know that sounds weird, but like, <laughs> I love hearing about how other people started because it seems like for the most part, all of us started the same way, but progression over years where pages progressed longer than mine did. Like mine was like six, closer to six months than eight. And then, you know, pages was over at least over a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how quickly or how slowly they progress too. Right. There's so many different situations with it. Yes. I, my hair grows in, like I have to shave it, um, almost yeah. every day. Yep. I do too. You guys. Yeah. I have Ariata. So I have here, I'll show you. I have hair, but for those of you that can't see pages showing patches on I the back am. of her head. Yes, I am. <laughs> Uh, so most of my patches on the back of my head, but then sometimes randomly I'll get patches on the side and the front, and then I'll just keep shaving it. So. Yeah. All of mine are like in the front. So I pretty much have like almost a hairline <laughs> on the front and then a couple of small patches in the back. But it's interesting too, because like you said, Christy, you had some regrowth. I've had almost no regrowth. Like I've had spots here and there, but never enough that it gave me hope that it was going to come back, you know? Oh, I was like, this is my ticket out of ever using the word alopecia again. I'm like, my grow in. I'm never going to talk about bald or alopecia. It's going to be, and now I own Baltarage and now yep. I can talk about alopecia every other, other day. So life never goes as planned, but I really <laughs> believe that with the whole alopecia experience, if you can get yourself to be open-minded and push through, there is a lot of beauty in it. It's yes. not all negative. It's really not, even though in the beginning, and at times it feels that way. It, it's not all negative. Yeah. Like you were saying, Christy, you, you learn so much from having this disease or disorder, if that's what we want to call it, is the empathy that you learn for other people. And it's, it's amazing the struggles that we've gone through, but it's made us a better person, I feel. So yeah. I love that aspect of alopecia. A, that, yeah. I mean, it's taught, I'm sure you guys feel the same. It's taught me more things than like anyone, anything, any schooling, anything could ever teach me. And it's invaluable lessons. And when you meet other people with alopecia, they have like a lot more to them than what you, what you see on the outside. Really alopecia has made me like a a deeper, more grounded, definitely more grounded and emotionally um, connected to myself person, you know? Yeah. I think that's everybody. We all talk about that all the time, Yeah, but before we close out, Christy, why don't you go ahead and drop all of your links info so that people know where to follow you. My Instagram's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E dot Val, V-A-L, it'll probably pop up. Um, Baltourage is B-A-L-D-T-O-U-R-A-G-E, Baltourage. <laughs> and, <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, Baltourage.com, Christy Valisari.com. See you there. Love it. <laughs> 
Thank you guys so much for joining us today. If you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe. We'll be releasing episodes pretty frequently, so we'll have a lot more content for you. If you want to get a hold of us, please email us at thosebaldchicks at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at thosebaldchicks. If you have alopecia and you need support, please reach out and we'd love for you to join the family. If you are interested in joining the Naked Confidence campaign, please email myself at amandap.ncc at gmail.com or page at P-A-I-G-E-R dot N-C-C at gmail.com. We're here to love and support you through it all. Until next time, guys, bald pack out.